This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We are joined on the line by Dr. Mark Tyndall. He's a professor at the School of Population and Public Health at UBC. Dr. Tyndall, thanks so much for being with us today. Hi, my pleasure. Uh, You work with a lot of uh, people that are part of a very vulnerable uh, part of the population. Uh, Last time I talked to you, it was about the opioid vending machine that had been installed uh, on the downtown east side. Uh, What are your concerns with how people in those more vulnerable populations are dealing with COVID-19? Yeah, well, I think it really needs to be talked about how we have a coordinated uh, response to this because uh, as we're all being bombarded with uh, tons of information about this, uh, people who are are living kind of on the margins and many people without stable housing uh, really have no way uh, to uh, protect themselves or or do social distancing. So we really need to uh, think about how uh, how we respond to that population. So how are people coping, do you think? Because you're right, we have heard that, that social distancing, if you're living on the street or if you're living in somewhere like Oppenheimer Park, it's just it's simply not possible. Yeah, well, um, it's uh, right now there's really nothing much happening. So people are, um, you know, they, they're talking a lot about it, um, but really there's no practical ways they can uh, they can social distance. And so uh, it's probably impractical to think that we can uh, house everybody in, uh, you know, in 48 hours, but um, we need to get a consistent messaging out there. And certainly um, we, there are ways that we can, uh, we can at least help to, uh, to keep people a a little bit separated. Um, But it all has the cost of uh, reducing services for the most part. So there's so many people who rely on, uh, social services in those communities, and uh, as they're being cut back or even closed down, uh, it really leaves people in a, a very desperate situation. And so, what do you th- anticipate to people will do when they are faced with that reduction in services? Well, I mean, um, there's so many. Comp- it's happening so quickly, and uh, you know, nobody would have predicted two weeks ago that we'd be in the situation we're in now. I don't think so. Uh, you know, um, I, I think there's. Uh, we need to try to keep these services open as, as uh, much as possible. Um, certainly even basic things like providing uh, uh, gloves and masks would be uh, very important. And most social services don't have those things yet. And so we really need to get on that and uh, at least give some protection to people providing those services. Another huge element of this is that um, the drug supply will also be uh, uh, highly disrupted. So the uh, even the illegal drug supply. So people be, will become much more desperate to find uh, drugs. Uh, the price of uh, illegal drugs will go up. Um, contamination will go higher, and uh, I think overdoses will uh, will spike because of uh, because of what's happening. So the my focus um, up till now has really been providing people a safe supply of drugs. So I think that we really need to uh, get on that quickly too, and uh, allow people access to uh, uh, to a safer uh, regulated supply of drugs. In the meantime, though, while we're dealing with that, what about paramedics as far as paramedics or the frontline workers? They are called to overdoses. They're often the ones who are in charge of bringing somebody back. They're on the front lines and I know very concerned on every call they're going to if they're being exposed now to COVID-19 because they don't know exactly where it is. Will that change the response, do you think? 
Well, I, I, I hope not. I mean, healthcare workers are still, you know, expected to, uh, to respond to these things. Uh, there are measures, uh, protective measures they can take. You know, at this time, there's just so much unknown. We, we don't even know how much uh, COVID is circulating in the community right now. Um, we don't, you know, testing hasn't been ramped up and many people would not even qualify for a test because they're, um, they're asymptomatic. So, uh, so there's, you know, a lot's going to happen in the next uh, couple of weeks just to know what kind of situation we're dealing with as far as infections in that community. But right now, we really don't know. So a paramedic going to a call right now, um, there's a good chance there's the person they're responding to is not infected with COVID-19. But there, we really don't know how um, that's going to play out in the next few weeks. Are there any concerns or have you seen any reduction in services when we're talking about uh, things like supervised uh, consumption sites? Yeah, well, that's one of the first things that's been hit. So the number of uh, people allowed in at a time has been reduced by about half um, and uh, and a couple have closed. So it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's hugely impacting uh, those services. And they're, you know, they're very uh, tight, you know, they're, uh, uh, very uh, tightly, uh, um, uh, people are tightly um, put into these positions. So um, there's really no way under the current uh, environment that we can uh, we can keep people that separate unless we really reduce the number of people entering the facilities. Which is, I would imagine it's difficult because there are still, I mean, it's still for some people a controversial service having it at all. And and perhaps for whatever reason, it's a group of people that doesn't get as much consideration or, or isn't afforded the same amount of empathy as, say, other groups. But it does sound uh, like like there are many, many people here as well who are being impacted by this. Oh, it's a cr- incredible. I mean, you know, we, we in Vancouver, the downtown east side has been quite infamous for the concentration of people uh, using drugs and uh, needing social uh, services. And uh, this population is uh, really going to feel the impact of the uh, the reaction that we've done and the response that we've, we've had to this. And so, you know, it's just happening so quickly. Um, a lot of people are really uh, getting, trying to get together now just to find out what, the, what is the, what can we do? What is the best response? And uh, certainly uh, making sure that people have as much protection as possible that are at the front lines is uh, is critical, um, and then uh, real, really trying to ramp up services, not to reduce services, is what uh, we really need to, to focus on. Uh, do you think we've done enough then as far as testing and knowing? Like you said, it's it's unclear if, if this virus is even in the community, uh, is, on, is on the downtown east side. Have we done enough to, to make sure that that is known or that, that we know that? Well, it's really an evolving situation everywhere. So testing, uh, you know, that's really the focus of a lot of the uh, the response right now is providing people uh, more testing right now as it's been rolled out. Um, it's really been um, mainly restricted to people with with uh, with symptoms or known exposures. Um, so there's been uh, uh, no uh, possibility at this point to do sort of mass screening. Um, but since it's an evolving thing, it's, it's, you know, you could be negative one day and positive the next day. So uh, even doing, you know, blitz testing on everybody would only give us a partial answer um, of where the epidemic's going. All right. Uh, we'll leave it there for today. Uh, Dr. Tyndall, thank you again so much for your time. Okay. Thanks for the call.